I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you on a Wednesday. Again, the extended version of Inside Sources with you all the way till 3 o'clock today. And I want to jump right into our next segment. We've got uh, our good friend and national pollster, Scott Rasmussen. ScottRasmussen.com is on the line with us. Scott, uh, how are you doing on a Wednesday? Well, I'm doing great, Boyd, and it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, very good. Well, I wanted to, to get a read from you. Obviously, we're, uh, what what are we, five, six days uh, post the uh, tragedies on Saturday and early Sunday morning. And as you're doing your daily tracking polls, are, are there any interesting nuances or feeling or senses of the, the mood of the nation or what's happening uh, as your team and your crew are doing uh, doing the polling? Well, you know, when we talk about the tragedies of this past weekend, they, they, it's uh, it's just horrible. Uh, and people want it to stop. They want to do something, but they're frustrated because there aren't clear answers. So about nine out of ten people say that, yes, we should support background checks uh, for, for gun purchases. And nearly the same numbers say we should have some kind of red flag laws that you know protect the rights of gun owners but get guns out of the hands of people who might be dangerous to themselves and their community um, and yet at the same time when we ask about that uh, only 38 percent think that those things will actually reduce the levels of gun violence and one of the one of the frustrations in this whole debate is people talk right past each other most democrats do believe that background checks will reduce gun violence most republicans and independents don't mm. um, and they're missing the common ground or they want to find something that works uh, we have a, a real difficulty in this discussion in that uh, People don't understand the the real dynamics of gun violence in America. Two-thirds of gun deaths are caused by suicide. Only 11% of voters recognize that's the top cause of gun deaths. People tend to dramatically overestimate the, uh, the number of deaths caused by gang violence and mass shootings. And again, these are much more dramatic, much more newsworthy. Uh, so when you begin a debate with, with a misunderstanding of the dynamics, it becomes and, and then you put ideological talking points in the middle of it, it becomes very difficult to move forward. But right now, people are just concerned and horrified. Yeah. Wow. So those are some uh, fascinating things. I want to unpack a couple of those uh, with you, Scott. Uh, again, if you're just joining us, we've got uh, Scott Rasmussen, a pollster on the line, scottrasmussen.com. Uh, and I, I do think it's so fascinating that we 
yeah, even beyond those that are shouting talking points uh, to each other, <laughs> as you mentioned, Scott, a lot of people are talking past each other. Uh, I want you to go back for a second, uh, just in terms of uh, those numbers around, you know, what people think is going to actually make a difference. And uh, if you can just give us those uh, breakdowns again, I, I want people to really think through that. And then I want to talk about what that means in terms of conversations we're having, uh, not in Washington and not in state houses, but across our back fence and with people in our community. So, so nine out of ten people say yes, we should do background checks, and they want to have some kind of mechanism for red flag laws that would take guns out of the hands of people who might be dangerous to themselves and their communities. And yet. Only 38% think that if we do those things, it will actually reduce, significantly reduce uh, the number of gun deaths in the country. Uh, so there is a sense that, yeah, we ought to do something that's a little bit like uh, common sense. We ought to try some basic measures, but people don't expect that to be a solution. Um, and there's, a, there's another twist to it, which, um, and again, it adds to the complexity of this. Uh, for some... Um, you know, the answer is we should just get rid of all guns or we should greatly restrict gun ownership. But a majority of Americans say if they had a choice between living in a community where guns were outlawed or in a community where they could own a gun, most would pick to live in a community mm. where you can have a gun for self-defense and other purposes. And uh, again, we're talking past each other because the people who have guns have one thought of what they're used for. The people who don't have guns and don't live in a gun culture have a, an entirely different perspective. And, and bluntly, a lot of people who are calling for stricter background checks and some preliminary steps who who think it will make a difference can't understand why these other people aren't going along with their views. And it just it's. Uh, you know, you're caught up in an emotional discussion, and people are anxious and angry and worried and horrified, um, and yet people don't understand the reality of gun deaths, and they don't understand what the other people are thinking as they're having this conversation. Yeah, I, I think this is one of those classics. Uh, when we speak, we, we speak in a way that makes sense to us, uh, right. And in reality, we need to speak in a way that's going to make sense to the other person. And and with all of these dynamics that you just laid out, Scott, those, uh, as you said, those are not just hard conversations, emotional conversations. Those are very complex and intricate conversations. And, and I worry that as a nation, we don't have the patience to have a hard and complex conversation about these kind of issues. Yeah, I worry about that, too. Megan McArdle uh, wrote a very good column today in the Washington Post saying that if conservatives want to keep their guns, they really need to find a solution to um, to these mass shootings. And her point wasn't blaming conservatives or saying it's, you know, wacko gun owners or things of that sort. But she was making the point that people really want this to stop um, and the people who are concerned about the rights of gun owners and their own guns need to be a part of that solution and, and pushing for things in a way that will protect the vast majority of gun owners who are not uh, prone to such horrific activity. Yeah, man, fascinating stuff. Again, if you're just joining us, uh, we've got Scott Rasmussen uh, on the line, scottrasmussen.com, the, I think the premier polar in the country, but I'm slightly biased because uh, <laughs> I think you're a good guy, Scott. Uh, but I want to I want to shift now a little bit to the uh, to the 2020 
presidential cycle, you've been continuing to do daily tracking polls uh, around the uh, the Democratic primary and a lot of the key issues there. Uh, we were talking just before you came on, Scott, and I want to get your take on this, uh, that it's a, a really tricky line for these uh, 2020 candidates uh, to go down in terms of criticizing the president for some of his re- rhetoric, uh, calling for the right kinds of actions, uh, but it's also very easy for them, again, in a, an emotionally charged, painfully historic moment in, in American history, uh, to to go down that line of, of being a leader and and having a voice and really kind of crossing that uh, fine line of uh, talking about important things as opposed to promoting their own political agenda. Yes, uh, obviously, you know, we had the debates last week, which a lot of people expected were going to be a huge uh, event in the political process, but uh, half of Americans don't even know they took place. So they, you know, they were big in the political world, but not for a lot of voters. And then you have something that touches all Americans, like these shootings and the the horror of that. Um, And there is a desire of these candidates to try and um, uh, hit that fine line of, of acknowledging concern, promoting their ideas, and trying to explain why they're better uh, suited to handle this than anybody else. Uh, we, we track uh, social media support of all the Democratic candidates. Beto O'Rourke, who has been very aggressive in attacking the president, is doing very well right now in terms of social media support among the Democratic candidates, but probably not with a good lasting position. And I think, you know, the way I look at all of this right now, 47% of voters nationwide say uh, they definitely plan to vote against the president in 2020, 47%. On the flip side, 46% have said consistently every day for more than six months that they have a favorable opinion. They, they approve of the way the president is doing his job. So you've got these two hard polarized blocks of voters that are almost equal for and against Donald Trump. Um, and the election is likely to be decided by a few people who really don't like all of the political rhetoric going on. Um, and the first question that the Democrats are going to have to sort out is who their nominee is going to be. Joe Biden has been the front runner for a long time. He appears to be his support is softening a little bit in our daily tracking polls down to single digits for the first time uh, yesterday. Uh, but we just don't know. Is that because he's quieter in his response and perhaps on, over time he will look stronger? Um, or is it that his support is softer than it appears, you know, a, a, a mile wide and an inch deep type of thing? Right. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. All right. Scott Rasmussen, we're going to cut you loose, and uh, but we're going to bring you back. So that is both a threat and a promise. But uh, Scott Rasmussen, uh, always appreciate you coming on with us. Thanks, Boyd. There'll be plenty to talk about. All right. Great insight from Scott Rasmussen. Again, you can check out his uh, things every day, scottrasmussen.com. They're doing a daily tracking poll nationwide uh, on the presidential candidates on the Democratic side and a lot of the key issues. Uh, I just found some of his analysis there really fascinating in terms of the number of people who think we need to do something, but uh, almost 40% don't think any of the things that have been proposed will actually change the dynamic and improve security and safety in the United States of America. It's a complicated, complicated, difficult 
uh, message to get across and conversation to actually have. It's difficult dialogue at its highest. My question is, do we have the patience and do we have the will to actually have that conversation all the way to the end? All right, stay with us. Uh, When we come back, we are going to talk to uh, Tim Carney. Alienated America is his book. I'm Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.